From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the greater Nashville area, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. Welcome to all of you today, dear friends. It's a delight to be with you, and thank you for being on board and being right here for our time together. We have a big time here, five days a week, right here on this station, and I'm delighted that you've joined us today. Now, of course, we have the weekend ahead of us, and when the weekend shows up, we start making arrangements about Sunday, and I do hope you're going to plan to be in a good, solid, Bible-believing church somewhere near you. Get in, be there, be a part of it, take your family, and then do it week after week. And I'm telling you, you're going to like what happens because that you're getting the kind of input that you need for developing your marriage, developing your family. I mean, everything is going to work better simply because that you are taking input from the Lord. And I'm telling you, it's going to be good for you. So don't hesitate to do it. And wait, don't put it off. Do it now and just determine this is the weekend to get things started. Now, we've been looking this week at uh, the general theme of Christian priorities, and we've built that off of a statement in Acts chapter 2 that says in verse 42 that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and prayers. Now, simply saying that they continued and they did so with a fixed heart, they did so with a determined agenda. They did so based on their conviction that they were on track, that they had made the right choices, that made the right decision, and that they were in fact headed where they needed to head. And these folks were not in the least intimidated by critics. They were not intimidated by opposition, but instead they were lined up based on their convictions and based on this, they set priorities. Now, we've learned some things here, and today we're going to look at the last little piece of this in verses 46 and 47, and let me read those for you so we'll know where we're headed. It says, and they, and here again, the word continuing is in place here. This means they were on it and staying on it. They had set an agenda, and they are doing this, and this says they were doing so daily. So let me back up and read it. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved." So let's look at the last four parts of this today. We've already seen how they kept unity. They cared for one another. They kept meeting together. They had a singleness of purpose. Well, verse 46, right at the end of the verse, tells us also that all of this that they were doing, the setting of priorities, living out these priorities, ministering with these priorities, all of this they did with happy hearts. It says they did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. They were not double-minded. They were instead locked in to who they were and what they were doing and what they believed they should do. And they were doing so with gladness. Now, dear friend, let me make something very, very clear to you here. Whenever you and I begin to serve the Lord, and we do so seriously, I mean, we are very serious about what we do. But, you know, uh, my predecessor, Dr. Curtis Hudson here at the Sword of the Lord, used to say, some folks are solemn 
And uh, they think that by being solemn, they are demonstrating being serious. And he made the point very clearly that being serious and being solemn are two different things. Now, it's okay to be solemn. There's times for solemnity. But at the same time, if your lifestyle, I mean, if your normal countenance is one of solemnity, I'm telling you, you need to learn to exude your gladness. If you've got joy being built in your heart, you surely should let your face know it and let your face show it, and you should let your countenance reveal that to people that you encounter. It's not, in any sense of the word, a good testimony to go around with a downfallen face all of the time. And these early Christians, believe me, they had locked into the Christian faith, and they did so with great, great joy. Now, they'd been through a lot, and they were getting heat and persecution and all kinds of things developing around them even at this point, but they are exuding gladness, and you and I need to do that as well. Now, if you don't have the right things going on in your heart, it's going to be hard for you to put it on your face. But if you get things right with the Lord and serve Him like you should, then gladness begins to take hold with you, and you'll begin to see that and show that in your life. And these folks did exactly that. And listen, you ought to make it a priority. Now, second thing that you'll notice here in these verses that I read, verse 47 says, not only were they showing gladness, but they were praising the Lord in the process. Now, I want to say something, first of all, here that's negative, because I think, I believe, I'm convinced that a lot of people today are talking about praising the Lord when uh, more likely it is they're just expressing their emotions, and it may not be directed toward the Lord at all. Now, I'm serious. The whole concept of everybody just wrapping everything they are and do around the theme of praise, 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 I don't know whether that's for real or not, sometimes maybe, but I'm convinced a lot of the time it is an exercise, it is something that they're doing psychologically more than they are theologically, and uh, I'm just saying negatively what I feel here and what I've observed, what I believe to be going on with a lot of people. Now, you say, well, what is the deal here? Well, the deal here is whenever you praise God, that doesn't necessarily mean that you uh, run around the room and uh, jump up and down and uh, you know wave your arms and so forth. It doesn't necessarily mean that at all. But praising God should mean, it should mean that we're thankful for our salvation. It should mean that we are aware that our sins, which had us under condemnation, are now erased. I mean, they are covered. They are as far from us as the East is from the West, and we owe that all to God. We do not owe that to ourselves. We do not owe that to our performance, but we owe that to what God has provided for us. And whenever we understand God is the Creator, the Lord Jesus is the Savior, the Holy Spirit is our companion along the way, whenever we get hold of that, I mean, what can we say except thank God, praise the Lord, He has been mighty good to me. Now, I'm telling you, I am not in any shape, form, or fashion uh, knocking or disagreeing or in any way coming down against praising God. I'm against superficiality. I'm against phoniness. I'm against things that do not compute 
uh, biblically. I'm totally opposed to a lot of that. And I think there's a lot of absolutely phony stuff going on in our world today under the cloak of the Christian umbrella. So let's look carefully at what we're doing here and understand it is a priority to have the right relationship with God. It is a priority to express our joy, our delight, and our praise to the Lord. Now, the third thing that's noted here is also in that 47th verse. It says, they not only were praising God, but they were having favor with all the people. Now, what people are being talked about here. I think what it's telling us is that there were people who were looking at them and they were relating to them and they were still showing friendship to them and they were listening to them as they testified and as they proclaimed the good news of the gospel. And you and I need to get ourselves in right relationship with the Lord and in right relationship with other people so that we too can communicate and declare the truth of God's word. Now, the last piece of this in verse number 47 talks about the Lord adding to the church. Now, what's going on here when it comes to priorities? Why are we serving the Lord? What are we up to? What's it all about? What can we expect to happen because that we stay faithful to the Lord and because we follow his great commission and doing what he tells us to do about getting the gospel out, doing what we can to win people to Christ? What do we expect to happen from all of that? Well, we too ought to see people lining up with the Lord, getting in church, getting baptized, listening to the great truths of the Lord, and getting all of that plugged into their life. All of that ought to come about because we too are declaring the gospel. We're declaring the truths of God's word. We're standing up to be counted for what the Lord says is his truth. Now, if you and I do that, then we're going to have influence with other people. I wish I could tell you that everybody who listens to me responds and trusts the Savior, but they do not. I wish every time I witness to somebody that they would bow their head and receive the Savior, but they do not. Now, I'm grateful that I've had the privilege to see many, many, many people in public meetings, also in private one-on-one -on -one witnessing situations. I've had the privilege to see many Many people come to the Savior and uh, set out from that point to serve the Lord. I am grateful for that. And listen, I'm only one person, and you're only one person. But if I'll do what I can do, and you do what you can do, and we make the right ado about the things of the Lord, about His truth, about Him as a person, about what He does as Savior, all of that you and I can do, and we can do it well. And the agenda is to get other people in. Now, the Lord's told us that. He's given us that mandate, and we have the responsibility to do that. A lot of folks seem to have the idea that if they'll just go to church, put a little money in the offering plate, stand around and be friendly with people, and uh, maybe sing in the choir, maybe usher, that that's the only thing that's required of them as a Christian. Now, maybe the word requirement is uh, a little offensive. Maybe it's like, well, I, I don't want any requirements on me. Well, I think if you read the Bible, you'll find that, uh, yes, the Lord does require some things. Now, you're not going to go to heaven based on those requirements. He wants you to trust Him. He wants you to come to Him, receive Him as Savior. And if you put your trust in Him, listen, you're saved and you'll go to heaven when you die. But the thing is, are we going to go with obedience on our record? Are we going to go having followed the Lord like we should? And listen, one of these days, rewards are going to be handed out. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 talks about that time at the judgment seat of Christ when we will be rewarded according to our works. 
Now, salvation is not by works. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 makes that very clear. Titus 3, 5, Romans eleven six. 6. I mean, all of those passages tell us that our salvation is not dependent upon our works. But whenever you think about who you are once you are saved, once you're in the family of God, what are you to do now? Well, it's time to do what the Lord says. It's time to be obedient to Him. And if we are obedient in following Him, then there are going to be rewards at the judgment seat of Christ. And that is something that I think every one of us need to pay great attention to and uh, make high priority in doing so. And if we'll do that, then uh, once in a while, I think we're going to see some people received into the family of God simply because of our witness and testimony. I remember times when we've had big days. It was true when I was pastor, and it has been true in many many hundreds of churches out across North America and around the world where I've preached, and we've had big days, and folks uh, enlisted other people to come to the services, and we have seen people receive Christ simply because somebody made an invitation to them, somebody went by and picked them up, somebody did something maybe even kind of extraordinary. Maybe they took them to breakfast, maybe they took them to lunch that day after church, and uh, they told them that they would, and they came and in the service because that I did and others did what needed to be done in the service to get the gospel to them, they too received the Savior. Now, folks, this is a priority. It is a major priority that all of us ought to attend to. There is just nothing quite so important as doing the business of the Lord and doing it with the intent of helping everybody we possibly can to get ready to go to heaven when they die. So, Christian priorities, big deal. The early church, they continued steadfastly in doing what they were supposed to do. That simply means they set priorities, they stuck with them, and the result of it was good. And it will be for me and for you as well. So let's, you and I also, continue steadfastly day by day. Now, I trust you're going to have a great weekend, and a part of the weekend, I hope you'll devote to writing me a note. I'd love to hear from you. So write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, have a great, great weekend, and we'll look forward to seeing you back here again on Monday. Until then, God bless you. Have a good rest of this day, and goodbye for now. Oh,